Hey there guys, welcome to Money and Investing with me, your host, Andrew Baxter. Today we are tackling the controversial subject of day trading. What is it? What are the pros? What are the cons? What are some of the pitfalls? And if it's an area that you're considering as part of your investment strategy, what are four or five key questions for you to ask yourself before you start that journey? Very important to get that answers to those questions before you start, not after the event, because it's really gonna shape the experience you have and the outcome that you enjoy. Look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey there guys, welcome to the Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and of course, my offsider, Mr. Mitchell Laurential. That is me, Mr. Baxter, how are you? Great, thank you, buddy. Absolutely. So, what have we got today? We've got uh, quite a controversial topic, and the one that's actually, I've had a few people ask me for, namely Rick Lowe, one of our clients mm. out there, shout out to Rick Lowe, and that is the topic of day trading. Okay, Rick Lowe, you wanted to know about this, and I'm sure a lot of other people do as well, so let's get into it. Day trading, which is this... Uh, a lot of cachet, a lot of excitement surrounds the idea of being a day trader. The hey? enigma of making money in your underpants. Absolutely. That's an image I probably don't want to sit on just for the moment, but we'll <laughs> move on past there. So I suppose a good place to start is the definition of what day trading actually is. And to the textbook, day trading is where you open and close a position within the same trading session. So for example, market open in the morning, bought your position in the morning, closed out before it closed in the afternoon. That is a day trade. It makes sense. Mm. Day trading. So eponymous, it's named after what it is, is a great word for people. Absolutely. So what is it and what's it about and what's the attraction? And look, I've, I've day traded myself and I'll tell you right off the bat, it is a really, really hard way to make money. Absolutely. Yeah, people seem to have this fixation with wanting to become a day trader and the excitement and, as I said earlier, the cachet that goes around it. So why is that? What are some of the things that draw people in? And I guess it's the excitement, that immediate gratification of being able to either make or, in some cases, lose a dollar fairly quickly, uh, but you get to see it you know, bang off the bat. Whereas with other strategies, you know, covered calls, cash flow on demand, yeah, there's a little bit of time involved there before you start to see the return. So it ticks an immediate box for people in that 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 direct and immediate feedback that you can see money being made or, of course, money being lost if it goes the wrong way. Uh, so it ticks a human need, but that's probably about the only one that really springs to mind. There are, you know, <laughs> we always try and uh, put together pros and cons for these things to give people a really good objective overview. And uh, and I'm really scratching my head on the pros. You know, you go back 15 years ago, you know, day trading and 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 maybe even sort of a little longer, maybe 18. 19 years ago, the internet and internet trading had just started. Uh, you know, I used to pull the uh, cord out the back of the phone, plug it into the computer, <laughs> and, and away you go. And so this new notion of being able to trade live uh, was quite a fascinating thing for people. And, and that was really where the cachet kind of started. Um, and it sort of gradually died death by a thousand cuts. In fact, even in our own programs, we run a day trading course yeah, probably 17 years ago, because it was in line with what the market was looking for. Um, but uh, would we go out in the market with that now? Probably not. I think there are one or two people that kick a day trading course around, but yeah, it must be a pretty tough, uh, tough proposition because it really doesn't have that many pros in my mind. No, I mean, when you think of a day trader, I mean, for me, I picture a guy sitting in front of about 10 monitor screens in the dark in his underpants, staring at a screen for mm. hours on end mm. with, with things flying around everywhere. Yeah. It seems really hard, but it kind of almost seems glorified. So what are some of the pros? Just briefly, I know you mentioned there's not many, hmm. but what are they? Well, I think immediate gratification is, is a huge thing. Uh, you know, human beings need that excitement and that engagement level. If you've got a very passive strategy, you know, it's not that exciting, your brain wanders. So it certainly ticks a box in terms of that. 
But as I say, I start to, and if you're looking for something to do, if you're bored and you've got a ton of time, you've just found the perfect thing. It's called day trading. You spend hours and hours in there. And, you know, I know I might sound a little cynical with what I'm saying, but I have done this. So I guess I'm pretty qualified. And I've seen thousands of people out there try and do this with varying degrees of success. Uh, and, And the reality is with day trading, the struggle is absolutely guaranteed and the success isn't. I love that. Mm. And why is that? Well, if you look at the statistics, and I always like to have a quick look before we go on air. You ambushed me today saying we're covering day trading, so I actually got 30 seconds notice today, so thank you for the courtesy. Um, I pumped in a quick Google search on how successful are day traders, and according to Forbes magazine, which is a reasonable source of information, less than 10% of day traders are profitable. Less than 10%? Mm. Now, I'm sure you're in your analytical brain and doing the research that you've done uh, prior to us sitting down and having this conversation have probably got some better statistics. What can you tell me? Absolutely. Now, I, I dug a little bit deeper into Trade Society, which is another reputable website mm. on Google. Um, and what they found is that 90 to 95% of day traders lose money. Mm. The percentage that actually make money after their annual fees, um, you know, brokerage costs and whatnot, is about 1.16%. Um, wow. So, you know, you're talking about 95% losing, 4% breaking even thereabouts, and then 1% actually making a decent return. Why would you? Why would you? I mean, it's it's just ludicrous. <clears throat> They're terrible statistics. They are, and I think it's, it's always good to call it as it is, and that might burst a few people's bubble that are out there going, well, I want to day trade and knock yourself out is a great way of spending some time, but whether it makes money is another matter. And, you know, this is the money and investing show. It's not how can I fill in my day show. So if you're looking for someone to fill in a day, great thing to do. Whether it makes money, another matter. But, you know, there are some specific things as to why it doesn't work for people too. And I guess the first thing to understand is that institutions also day trade and they tend to do so rather successfully. And there are reasons for that. Um, you know, they've got access to very, very quick data. Um, you know, you look at the sort of cabling they're in places with most of the major exchanges now uh, allowing for algorithmic trading. Uh, they're getting their data, you know, a millisecond or a half second before uh, it's gone out to the broader marketplace. Um, you've got people that have been trained by the very best with the best technology, but they've been schooled in the discipline and the psychology needed. They also have significant pools of money to work with. And probably the most important thing on here, they have barely any transactional fees um, because they're clearing their business through their own institution. And in that instance, you're a chance at making it. Sure. Uh, but for, um, as my good friend Oren Claff would say, for Joe Bag of Donuts at home that's trying to <laughs> have a go at this and they've maybe done a course or they've picked up a, a trading platform to have a go, it's really not that easy. And some of the things that you simply must have, you know, you're entering into a very professional arena, so you're going to need to have some very professional tools. Number one, you're going to need to have extremely quick and very, very reliable live data. None mm. of this 20 minute delayed, you've got to be there on the uh, on the B of the bang. Number two, you want to have very, very keen brokerage rates as well. Uh, number three, you're going to need incredible amounts of discipline to be able to stick to your trading plan. Number four, you're going to need to have a very, very good plan. And we've built some of those plans out over time. Um, but you, the discipline to stick to it is, is the key thing that's lacking for many people. And because day trading where you're sitting at home on your own, isolated, it's such an isolation experience for many people, you kind of get bored. And if the market's not fulfilling your needs of excitement that day and there's not a trade, you think, oh, what the heck, if I do this anyway, let's see what happens. And all of a sudden, you're out of control. All of a sudden, it becomes a matter of managing your emotions rather than your money, right? Absolutely. Uh, And that emotional control is, there's probably no other form of trading uh, that's as close to needing, you know, Olympic standard emotional control as day trading. Next thing is picking and choosing your market. Shares are a really, really bad thing to try and day trade. 
Options are even worse. Why is that? Um, just simply, in the case of shares, there's no leverage. In the case of options, you're working against a market maker. So you've got a, a buy and sell spread that's there. So if you were to do this, in my time, futures were a huge thing. Um, we used to do a lot of work in the futures space. Um, also, CFDs, I think, are a really good spot because you know your transaction fees are low, there's gearing in there, uh, and it gives you that ability to get a lot of the, the benefits that you need if you want to be successful. It's Forex would be another one. Um, but you know, picking the right instrument is is, is absolutely paramount. Um, you know, and, and you look at it and go, well, okay, this is how much this share has moved today compared to yesterday. But understand, particularly in the case of shares, a, a lot of that price movement has actually happened with the gap uh, that's at the open. Okay, just just to stop you there, for for those viewers who don't actually know what a gap is, could mm. you could you please explain that? Sure, good question. Um, um, a gap is the difference between where something closed yesterday and where it opened today. So mm -hmm. if we take an example where there's been bad news overnight, coronavirus would be you know a, 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 an example of something that could do that. Yesterday, your shares may have closed at sixteen dollars and thirty two. They're not going to open at sixteen thirty two. No, because of the sentiment overnight, they might open higher or they may open lower. Let's say they opened at sixteen dollars and there's a gap then of 20 cents between yesterday's close and today's open. As a day trader, you don't get exposure to that because you're only going to get in after the open. So a lot of the party has already happened. Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you look at the chart, you think, well, you know, this is a, a pretty volatile stock. It moves around. It's a great stock to day trade. Have a look and actually see how much of that comes out of the, uh, the gap on open versus what you can trade. And all of a sudden, you'll find it's probably not quite the stock that you thought it was. So you're pretty much relying on on trading the really minute movements that we see typically throughout the day. They can be quite small movements. I mean, you can build it around announcement trading. So you might be trading a stock or, or, or an index that's quite sensitive to an announcement. The RBA announcement on interest rates would be a very good example of that. And, and so you may take a position and if the announcement goes your way, boom, there's a big move. Of course, if the announcement goes the other way, there's boom, a big move too, but that's sure. out of your hip pocket. So back in my time, uh, when I was doing this, the SPY, the share price index in the futures market was the thing I traded, $25 per point move in the SPY. And for the benefit of those people listening, the SPY is kind of a little bit like the All Ordinaries Index. So there's an index figure that moves around through the day. You see the All Ordinaries was up 30 points for the day. The SPY might be up 30 points too. And that used to pay $25 a point. The brokerage back then, horrific, about $35 a site. So $70 in brokerage. In and out. That was back in wow. what, 99, yeah. Now, these days, you do the same trade for maybe $2. So all of a sudden, it becomes possible to do without having to rely on bigger moves uh, in the index. And that's one of the great things over recent years that transactional fees, of course, have come down. It's made it easier for people to get ahead. Sure. How long were you doing that for? Not that long. Um, the reason being, I got bored senseless. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and if I'm brutally honest, I also had a love affair. Uh, the love affair was with the fridge. Um, I got bored. And every time I walked past the fridge, I'd start eating something. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you start to chunk up and, and look like Elvis in his Vegas days, which is certainly not what I aspire to. Um, and, um, and it was a very, very short-lived period, maybe three, four months, something like that. And mm. you know, it was moderately successful. But then I'm also coming in at this from a very different angle to most people in that this is all I've done for 30 years, Absolutely. so I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. But I don't see it being an adequate return on time because you, you have to be sitting in front of the market. You can put your orders in and they can be conditional orders, but typically you're kind of looking for your traps to be set, so quite often you'll, you'll, you'll fiddle and finesse uh, as you're sitting there. Sure. Uh, technology's jumped on, so placing conditional orders buys a bit of that time back, but man, it's hard work. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the thing is 80% of day traders quit within the first two years. Yeah, and I can understand that. I'm surprised it lasts two years, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and again, you go back to the, the, the numbers themselves, they're not compelling. That excitement of wanting to give it a go and getting better, your technical analysis skills, that ability to read charts, 
um, simply need to be first class. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then you've got to work on your groove of your strategy. And the biggest challenge, particularly if you're doing this for a living, uh, is that let's say you haven't had a trade for four days. The markets haven't been conducive to your strategy. And maybe you've got some bills that have come in and you haven't had any positive cash flow coming in the door. All of a sudden, something that's maybe, if you've got five criteria, it's like four and a half out of five. You're kind of getting <laughs> tempted to take it. So again, that mental fortitude to better go back and, and hold the line and just trade your plan perfectly is very, very difficult to do. Absolutely. And you know, even with our strategies, we place such an importance on that. And I know what we do in our options mastery course. Mm. You know, we go into trader psychology and mm. whatnot, which we might talk about later down the track. Mm. I mean, I, I think when you put it down to it, day traders make up just over 1% of the market. Yep. So they're a really, really small amount. And, and it, it's quite clearly down to the reasons you, you've, you've, you know, you've listed. But look, for anyone who does want to dabble mm. in, in day trading, where would you recommend they go? What would you recommend they do? Seek a consult with a psychologist first of all. No, <laughs> I think the, the biggest question to ask yourself in all seriousness is, number one, why are you doing this? And if your motivation is to make money, there are easier ways in the stock market to do that. So it's very, very important always to understand what someone's goals and objectives are in order to give them advice. So why do you want to do this? And if you've got the ability where you've got time on your hands, and I've got a couple of clients that, that have plenty of time. Yeah, you know, my good friend Stuart down in Canberra, for example, you know, the guy travels extensively with his lovely wife, Jill. Um, they've got all the time in the world. But I can, and, he, and he spends a fair bit of time in front of the market, but I could never see him day trading because he likes to do other things outside of that. Sure. So what's your motivation? Um, and why do you have that motivation? Not just what it is, but why do you have that? Very, very important questions to be to answer from a top-down perspective. From there on in, what sort of strategy are you likely to then run? And what sort of instrument are you going to run it over? And I think indices... Uh, typically are an easier place to play. We've run strategies on the Nikkei, uh, on the FTSE, uh, on the opening in Singapore, in Hong Kong, and of course here in Australia on the SPY. And all of those different strategies, beyond an index, uh, you're not exposed to stock-specific risk. So you can get a little bit of a move out of it. Um, I'd probably be inclined to be careful with the instrument you choose. I certainly wouldn't choose options or shares to day trade. I think CFDs, provided it's a good CFD provider, and you've got what we call direct market access, where it's a real market, uh, is likely to facilitate um, you know, a balance of having good leverage and good pricing as well, which is something that's very important. And again, that's a huge thing for our listeners to be aware of. Not all providers are the same. You'll get different quotes, different share prices being uh, you know, from different providers because they've put a spread on it or a dial-up. So you want something that's very, very true because if it's not a, a true and fair reflection of price, it's coming out of your pocket. So picking the right provider, and we can assist with that. We've got a terrific CFD product, which is direct market access. That'll help a lot of people if they're in this space. Making sure your brokerage costs are pretty keen. But the key thing is developing your strategy. So what's it going to be? So one of mine I used to use was, uh, it gives sort of dust off the playbook a little bit, <laughs> going back you know, quite some time, 18, 19 years now, uh, was a situation which is called an opening range breakout. So what I used to look for when the market opened for that first 20 or so minutes, if I was on a five-minute candle, uh, I'd look at my first four bars and I'd get the range between the high and the low of that 20-minute period. And then if I had a breakout, a strong candle, either green to the top side or red to the downside, I would then either go long or short the market and trade uh, through that uh, period of time until I hit my profit target. And again, that's, that's an example of a very disciplined approach to entering. If you've got a very wide opening range, a very uncertain market like we have currently, that starts to make that strategy quite tricky because it's going to break out of already quite a large range for the day to give you an opportunity. 
Um, and so yeah, less volatile markets tend to work better there, but then your profit potential is not there either because it doesn't probably have the oomph to, to really move on. So it's a, it, it, you really do have to put some careful thought into your strategy. It's not something you'll arrive at in five minutes. You've got to be a ninja at charts to start with. And then secondly, that pattern recognition is the key to this. Um, not numbers, and if you're not a numbers person, that's okay. Um, it's pattern recognition, being able to see the pattern in that market and being able to build your strategy around that. That's where you make money in day trading, but it's still damned hard. It sounds really difficult just mm. from what you've told me. Mm. It is. I could tell you it's even harder if you like. I mean, you know, there's, you know, and we always try and put a positive spin on these, Mitch, and we get a lot of our clients and, and a lot of people in general saying, I'd love the idea of being a day trader. And it's quite appealing. Give away your boss, uh, have all this latitude to do whatever you want to do, make all this money. But the reality is you're replacing one job with another. It's a very lonely um, business to be in and the probability of you making dough are fairly limited. And as I say, there are a few people out there that provide education on it. We used to run a trading room so our clients could log in and our moderators would call trades live to say, this is the trade, get your order set ready and, and literally follow in that, that, that closely. And that's a way where you can sort of massage people through the process, but then all of a sudden, that's not really day trading because you're not day trading yourself. You're just following a system that somebody else has put out there. Sure. And you're at the mercy of whether that's a good or not so good system. Um, it's 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 a it's a really tough one. So I'd I'd always question what someone's motivation is for wanting to do that. That said, there's nothing more exciting than finishing the day. You close your position as you're going into the closing part of the day, and actually seeing you know the needle has moved up, hopefully, uh, and you've got something to show for your toil. Um, but bear in mind, particularly if you're looking to use leverage, which a lot of people in the day trading space do, uh, so they can get a bigger bang for their buck that leverage works both ways. And if you're Absolutely. on the wrong side of the trade, you can really take some bark off quite quickly. Mm. And I think, you know, how does that flow into the next day? Because let's say you've had a bad day on Monday and mm. you've taken a lot of bark off. What's your decision making like on a Tuesday? Mm. Well, that will vary from person to person. Um, you know, if you think about sport for a moment, um, if you've got someone that's a golfer and they've just missed an absolute gimme putt, how do they react on the next hole? Have they forgotten about it and they're just playing the next shot that's in front of them or are they still cursing and, ah, oh, I should have dropped that hole? Mm. You know, or you see someone that's a football player and they've just missed their last two goal attempts, their kicks. What's going through their head for the third one? Is it a walk-up start and it's just the normal process or is the baggage of the previous two misses there? And it requires an incredible amount of emotional control and and battle-hardened psychology, I think, to be able to just go, okay, next trade. But let's dial it back. How do you actually learn how to control your emotions mm. that well without doing it first? You know, because you can't just read a book about emotions and learn them. You've actually got to do it to experience it. Exactly right. It's kind of like learning to swim. You know, you can't read a book on it. You've got to get in the water. Um, and, and, and trading is exactly the same because, you know, if you go back to some of the earlier uh, shows that we've run in our podcast, you know, attitudes and values around money are, are one thing that can really niggle in your head. And, and you've got to have that emotional detachment from money in order to be successful at this because if it does come in at you and it's kind of like a limpet that's stuck on your arm, you're emotionally attached to it. And then you have a bit of a bad day with your trading and you've lost some money. That psychological damage you're going to carry around for a few days. You're, I can't believe I just lost money. I'm so cranky about that. Whereas the actual mindset you need is, okay, let's look at what went wrong because it's incredibly important to do a trade post-mortem and journaling in particular is a very, very important part of that. So every day you go through, how was your trading? Uh, what did you do? What worked? What didn't? Uh, what can you look at to improve? Those sorts of things are very, very important signposts for a day trader to, because, you know, we're not looking out the window at the view. We're looking through a microscope at, you know, a couple of ticks on a chart almost. Here. Crazy. So you've got to be really on top of it.
it. So that sort of post-mortem on a trade is, is, is crucial. So how do you then build your psychology up? I wrote a course oh, gee, 17, 18 years ago called Mindset Mastery, which is a psychology program, trading psychology program. And we've given it several facelifts since then, but that core DNA of building up that, that core muscle memory to be able to be emotionally in control of things um, is very, very well covered in that program. There's a lot of practical exercises to keep you market fit to make sure that, you know, if you've had a couple of bad trades, you don't start procrastinating about your entry for the next trade because it either is or it isn't. There's no gray area. It's black and white. But it takes an awful lot of skill and an awful lot of training and an awful lot of discipline to be good at that. You go back to the fitness space. You know, anyone can go to the gym, but if your form's not right, you're not going to get the right outcome. Absolutely. But how do you, even when you're tired, and it's the last couple of reps in a set, still keep that form there and not use your back or swing around or do whatever you shouldn't be doing to get those last ones out, knowing that the benefit is the discipline within that exercise to get that It's an that outcome. Form. And trading is exactly the same. You know, that ability, even when the chips are down and, you know, you're kind of like Rocky in round 10, <laughs> you've got a black eye and you're bleeding and your nose is broken, to better get up off the canvas and go again, but not go again in a way that's out of control to be able to step back and just hit the go button as if it's the first trade for the week. Wow. That's hard. And that's why most individual retail investors cannot make it as a day trader because they simply don't have that mental fortitude. It's a very, very hard space, Mitch. Wow. I, I think I need to book in with you for another counseling session because <laughs> this has been eye-opening and mm. uh, I already feel a lot more relaxed. Mm. Look, AB, it's, it's been a pleasure to get your guidance on, on day trading here. We've mm. covered a lot of pros. Well, a few pros actually, and a large number of cons, and then giving some advice to those mm. maybe looking to dabble. So is there any parting words that we want to leave? Yeah, I, I, I'd go back to those core things, and the pros and cons really don't add up today. There's quite an imbalance there, and I, I, I try and be very, very objective with this and, and, and not give too much of a one-eyed view. Um, but going back to those, those, the reasoning why, the parting shot, parting advice I give someone, what are your reasons for wanting to do this and why are they your reasons for wanting to do this? And, 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 and often in our motivation to do stuff, it gives away where a lot of the flaws in the argument might be. It might be, I want to become a day trader because I hate what I do for a living. Okay, that's not a good reason to become a day trader. <laughs> Just you know, change jobs. Change what you do for a living to find yeah. something that makes you happy is probably a better fix because all you're doing is jumping from the fat into the fire and it's a really fierce fire and markets are incredibly unforgiving. You know, I look back in, particularly at my time in London, and you look at those trading floors where you've got a bunch of alpha personalities that are all in their early 20s and they all want blood. And the easiest blood to take is that off of someone that's a novice coming in. And unfortunately, that doesn't change um, whether you're trading online, screen-based, or open outcry. You know, that vulnerability is there when people are new. And it's kind of like the weak animal on the edge of the pack, the lions are going to tear it to pieces. And that's exactly what will happen with this. So, you know, if you're thinking of going down this pathway, some of the things to do would be to build out your strategy. And if you decide that day trading is for you. Sure. All right. And you've worked out your motivations that it's for you. And it matches your personality type that you need immediate gratification, but you've got reasonable emotional control that you can build a trading system that you have the discipline to follow. Probably the next level uh, uh, of work in there then is on you. Now you can paper trade and pretend trade to um, test and validate the system that you've developed, which is an important part of any kind of system development. You know, Andrew Gibbs and our team is a master at that sort of space. That's exactly his bread and butter. But paper trading is just testing the system. What it doesn't test is you. 
And often people will open a, 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 a SIM account or a pretend account where, oh, there's 100 grand in there, I'll give it a go. And, oh, look, I made 15 grand today. That means I made 15%. So if I put my own money in, I'd be making 15%. There's one flaw in that argument. When it's somebody else's money, it's very, very easy to spend. Absolutely. When it's a, when it's a paper trading account, it's fictitious, it's fake, it's not real. You don't get that emotional experience. And whilst you know, to be successful in markets, you've got to have that emotional detachment. All of us, at some point in time, bring some emotion to our decision-making. And if you haven't worked that skill set through and built up that muscle memory of emotional control, you're gonna get flayed when you go live. And you go, oh, I don't understand. I was, it was great when I was paper trading, it worked perfectly. And the people listening to this know exactly what I'm talking about. When I was paper trading, it worked perfectly. When I went live, I don't know what changed. Do you know what happened? You stepped into the real world. Absolutely. I mean, your emotions play such a large part and no matter how much you try and avoid them, mm. having real skin in the game gives you real feelings and that they alter your decisions. 100%. AB, look, it's been a pleasure once again. Thank you very much for your advice. And for those out there, please consider everything that we've discussed today because it could save you from getting burnt in that fire. <laughs> Good stuff. Absolute pleasure, Mitch. Thanks very much. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for Money and Investing. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you take a few moments to give us a rating or a review on this podcast and we'll look forward to speaking with you soon.